It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, George? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. Good everyone. Welcome to episode 141 of the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, a betting preview of this weekend's Premier League Game Week 8. Six games we're going to go through today. Leicester, Man United, Everton, West Ham, Newcastle, Tottenham, Southampton versus Leeds, Villa versus Wolves, and Norwich versus Brighton. Joining me today, top right of your screen, we've got card betting expert or football betting expert, George Gamble. And then at the bottom of your screen, we've got professional gambler, Tony Alvarez. How are we, fellas? Yeah, doing well, mate. Doing well. Can't complain. Obviously, uh, nice and late here in the UK that you got us on at this time. But uh, no, raring to go. Looking forward to talking about the, the weekend's action before I nod off. Always good. Yes. Nice, mate. Nice, mate. And you're all refreshed after the international break, Tony? Yeah, I'm just... I mean, it bores me so much that I don't feel refreshed. I just feel bored and angry for yeah. two weeks. And then I get back to football oh. and I'm like, just so excited for it to come back. Like, even without, I mean, it's annoying that Arsenal were obviously the last game of the weekend, which is a bit of a pain in the ass. But it's still, there's, I'll watch pretty much every other game, whereas international, I didn't even watch England games, to be honest. Is that not the worst thing ever when you've had an international break and then you come back and Arsenal are playing on fucking Monday night? <laughs> or for me, it's yeah, Tuesday like morning, so I've got to wait just such a long time. It's horrible. Yeah, I, I don't like being the first game either because then it's like you've waited two weeks to lose and your weekends were in. <laughs> and you, hate, you hate football again. But yeah, I hate being last because it's like, see everyone else get to have their fun. And then yeah. you're just sitting there waiting for a Monday night it's cold against Crystal Palace. Brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, mate, better stop the small chat. I've, there's someone in the comments that gets very, very angry about the small talk. He thinks I'm terrible at small talk. So sorry <laughs> sorry for you, mate. He just abuses me every week. So, uh, yeah, sorry, mate. We'll, uh, we'll get to what everyone's here for. The, uh, the Premier League action. We'll start with Leicester versus Manchester United. Odds no are... Quiz, no question this week. Oh, shit. I forgot, mate. Fuck. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> Here we That's go. outrageous no, from you. No, no, That's no, the I only reason got... I come on the show. No, I have you got had one question. job. I just skipped over it. We'll get to the quiz question of the week, guys. Which Portuguese island off the coast of Africa is Cristiano Ronaldo from? You probably guys That's are the easiest some question kind of... ever. <laughs> well, I don't... Sorry? That is the <laughs> easiest question ever. You may wow. as well say, what shape is a football? <laughs> well, I mean, that's a, that's debatable. Imagine if I got it wrong. <laughs> After saying that. <laughs> All right, uh, <clears throat> we'll get to that answer at the end. I'm sorry, I don't really, I, I didn't know where he was from, so I assume maybe some other people didn't know, but I couldn't give a crap about Cristiano Ronaldo. So I guess there are a lot of fanboys out there. So anyway, um, odds for Manchester United and Leicester. You've got. United quite short at about 2.1, 2.15. Leicester as high as 3.55 in a few places. And the draw sits at 3.6, 3.7. Leicester, don't think we've talked too much about Leicester so far this season, but it hasn't been the greatest start to their season. Only eight points from seven games. Uh, we I know we hyped them up quite a 
quite a bit in the preseason or in the, the overall outright betting preview. So I would say quite disappointing so far. Uh, Manchester United, they have fallen off after a strong start, but they're still they're still 14 points. Uh, so their form hasn't been too great, but they're still two points behind leaders. Liverpool, uh, the only news here is that Varane is out. So that's one of the centre-backs gone and potentially Maguire too. So they could be at a bit of a, a deficit when it comes to their... Defence. I'll uh, I'll start with you, George. Your thoughts on Leicester, mate, and um, and why they maybe haven't been up to scratch so far this season. I mean, you were I think one of your best bets for the outright preview was them to finish in the top six from memory. Yeah, it's not it's not looking so good now, is it? To be fair, um, but obviously it's coincided. You know, you look at the players they're missing. They're without uh, James Justin, Johnny Evans uh, is a doubt as well. They're also without uh, Mendy. Ndidi and Fofana and they're all kind of pivotal to the way that Leicester play in, you know, in that midfield. Ndidi, I've, I've said countless times on this show how I think he's one of and if you look at the data, the underlying numbers, he's been one of the best uh, holding midfielders in Europe for the past couple of seasons. As a City fan, he's when Fernandinho is obviously ageing, he's uh, Ndidi was a player that I'd marked that I'd love Pep Guardiola to bring into the side and he's a huge miss. Um, he really is. And But yeah, if Leicester, they've just been very well, they've been below par, haven't they? They've kept just one clean sheet in their last 13 Premier League games, and they could concede two plus goals in four consecutive matches uh, in the Premier League for the first time since 2017. Um, they've also failed to keep a clean sheet against Man United in their last 26 attempts, which I thought was quite a phenomenal record. Um, and you know, everyone's been saying this week about Brendan Rodgers could be a, a potential replacement for Pep Guardiola. and that's got me quaking in my boots. I couldn't think of anything worse than having Brendan Rodgers um, at City. I like him as a manager, but as we saw with with Liverpool, I mean, they're, the game's so close, but I just don't think he's he'd be the man to to replace uh, Pep Guardiola. And yeah, you just look at Leicester. Obviously, you've got Vardy up top, who they rely on so heavily for their goals. He's aging as well. There just seems to be a lot of weak points in the side now that perhaps weren't there in the previous seasons. Um, but looking at the game itself. Look at United, they've scored first in five of their last seven meetings with Leicester um, and I hope that continues because um, Social side have actually conceded first in four of their last five games. Um, but yeah, Leicester, they're without a win in their last four Premier League games and like I said, they look a lot more vulnerable defensively than they have in recent years. They welcome a United side who've got, you know, the play, they possess players. Um, they've got the one who's created the most overall chances in the league with Bruno Fernandes. He's created 23. Most chances created from set plays in Luke Shaw with 11. Uh, and the player with the most assists in Paul Pogba, uh, who's got seven. You know, they can score goals from anywhere. Um, but they have both got, uh, both sides have got key players missing uh, in the defensive department. So for me, I think a goals angle is, is the best thing to look for here. Um, United, as you've already alluded to, it looks it looks as though Maguire will be out. Varane is definitely out. Um, so you know they'd be without the heart of their defence. Um, like I said, I think we just we should expect goals in this one. I mean, they've got a phenomenal record away from home, Man United. Um, they could extend that unbeaten away record to thirty games in the league, and they've won nineteen and drawn ten. Um, they've also not conceded more than once in any of their last fifteen away games. And that's their longest such run in league football. Um, you know, for me, the prices here, I was just kind of looking at it. I mean, I've got it here, but you look at kind of sort of the outright betting. You've got Man United at just over evens, I believe. And for me, I couldn't tell you which way it's going to go. United could easily just let this slip or it could be a high scoring draw for me. I think there'll be goals in the game. But I thought a safer bet purely for the fact that I think Leicester looking a little bit frail, a little bit more vulnerable than they have recently. And United, they do still have that power going forward. They've still got that um, ability in front of goal, regardless, um, obviously, of their 
weaknesses at the back. And for me, I thought value on United just to score two or more goals in the game. And that was, I found that about evens on Betfair. I don't think the price is still there. I think that's dropped slightly. So the price is going down on that one. Um, and I thought that was a solid bet. I wouldn't like to pick a winner in this one. But I think United scored two plus goals is, is the play for me in this one. Yeah. Nice, mate. I, I just looked up uh, both teams to score too, which I thought would be maybe a popular angle for everyone. And there's a massive outlier here at Mansion, but at 1.74, the rest of the market's uh, well below 1.7. So uh, that could be an angle for people too. Tony, mate, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with a lot of what George said. Leicester, it's gone under the radar how bad Leicester have been. Um, mm. And say so that only eight points. I mean, like you got Arsenal and Tottenham have been hammered, and, and Leicester have kind of got away with it despite finishing above both them teams two years in a row and they probably expected to again at the start of the season and they've just been trash really um, and said can't keep a clean sheet relying on Vardy going forward even the, the Palace game they got battered went 2-0 up like, through two mistakes finished 2-2 and, and if you had to choose a winner it would have been Palace so even some of their individual points have been lucky or undeserved whatever you want to call it they got outplayed by the Wolves first game of the season and, and won 1-0 uh, again a Vardy goal so you think that's four of their eight points that could have easily gone the other way. I don't know what the underlying data is, but they, they just haven't been very good. Then, as we said, with United, uh, Varane out, and I'm pretty sure Maguire is out as well, um, which will probably leave Bailey and Lindelof, which wouldn't inspire anyone with confidence. Um, it, it leaves Lam- uh, Wan-Bissaka with no pace inside him. And I think Shaw's been off. I, I like Luke Shaw. I think he's good, but I, I don't think he's played well this season. And I mean, I know, like George said, most uh, chances created from set piece, but in general, that just means you've had a lot of set pieces and someone's managed to get their head on it. Like, doesn't mean they were particularly good balls. Um, I just think from open play, or just in general, he hasn't been good. And he gets booked every week, which puts him in trouble, especially with a, a makeshift defence alongside him. He can't. He's going to have to be a lot more solid than he has been. Um, I agree with what you both said. Goals are, are definitely the way to go. Um, under over 2.5, I think it's priced too low. Uh, over 3.5 is half interesting at about two to one, 3.0. Um, I looked at both teams to score, and on the exchange, as, as you said, it was below 1.7, so I was a bit unsure about that. But what, what did you say? 1.74 at Mansion. At Mansion, I mean, they're a huge outlier. I'm just if anyone's got a Mansion that account, I'd just be all over that, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, even the on the exchange, the, the lay is, is 1.72. So, they, I mean, they're almost, they've got an arb on that already. So, yeah, I mean, at that price, it's good. I'm not sure if I'd fancy it at the sort of 1.65 to 6.9 that it's looking at elsewhere. Uh, but over, I don't think over 3.5 is a bad shout. The other one, as as you said, their away record is unbelievable. And they seem to, especially when you're just watching it without looking at stats, they seem to go behind every week away and they never seem to lose. So. Another thing I'd look out for in players, if Leicester go 1-0 up, uh, I'd be looking to lay Leicester. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So a few of the things we've mentioned today, you can get over one and a half goals for Manchester United at uh, at 1.95 at Victor and Parry match. So that's pretty close to evens, which George mentioned. Uh, you can another one you might want to think about over two and a half goals and both teams to score, which is at evens uh, at Bet365, Skybet and Boyle Sports. So I think, um, yeah, there's a few angles for everyone there. And um, 
yeah, I think I think that just about does it. We can move along to Everton versus West Ham. West Ham, their results have been quite inconsistent this season. Some really good wins in there, particularly against Leicester, but that loss against Brentford before the break stings a little bit. Everton, cracking start to their campaign, only two points off top, but they have quite the injury list heading into the weekend. Saying that, though, like they beat, they drew with uh, Manchester United with Richarlison and uh, Calvert-Lewin both out. So, um, I mean, it, it seems like they can can handle, you know, hold their own while they're out. Uh, so you've got Richarlison. I don't know if all these players are going to be out, but they're in doubt at least. Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin, Gomez, Delph, and... Uh, Coleman, they're all in doubt. So um, I don't know about you, Tony, but surely if all those players are out, that price on Everton, which I can get up on my screen now, oh, they've changed. Yesterday they were a lot shorter. But um, maybe something's happened in the news that I have uh, been sleeping. But, uh, yeah, they're, Everton are about 2.5, 2.6, West Ham. Uh, at around 2.9. I think yesterday they're at 3.5. So, uh, and the draws at 3.4 ish. So, yeah. Tony, your thoughts, mate? Yeah, this is 100% wait till team sheet, um, whatever way you're looking at, because it's just so unpredictable. I mean, I think Richardson has been training. Calvert, I mean, sorry, Calvert Lewin's been training. I saw a picture of Richardson training today, but I don't know how close it is. It could be both in, it could be both out. Uh, I can't see how. Anyone can look at the price at the moment. I'm surprised, given the information we have at West Ham's price, because again, on the lot this season so far and on last season, you've got to put them around or above the similar prices to what Arsenal and Tottenham get. And I don't think Arsenal or Tottenham would go the way to West Ham and be at two to one. I mean, I know it's a big well, thing last year. Well, they were 3.5 yesterday. That's what I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to look on Smart Pits, but it's only got oh, it has got 24 hour mark. Um. The, I know it was a big thing last year when Arsenal went there when we was in the middle of our horrible run. It was in December. I think we'd lost something like eight games in a row and we were still weren't as high-priced as West Ham are tomorrow. I know it's a different Everton, but I think the West Ham price is high, but I still wouldn't take it until I knew on the team news because there's no way that they're going to drift if Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison both start. There's also Yerry Mina, who is playing right now, I presume. Columbia are playing right now. Um I don't know if he's playing, but I presume he is, which leaves things interesting. Will he be back in time or will he, will he he'll be back, obviously, but we've had enough training sessions and whatnot. So, I, I, I mean, I don't want to sit on the fence, but I would definitely just wait until the team news for this. There's so much yeah. that can change. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. Uh, your thoughts, yeah, George? I'll say Yerry Mina is playing right now, right at the second as well. So, read that what you will. But, yeah, this was... My the game that I was sort of struggling with most this weekend to kind of predict and, and preview really, and as such, I'm I'm not confident on putting a bet on it. But just sort of kind of looking at some of the stats, and I mean, I, I don't like reading too much into head-to-head records unless it kind of sort of ties into to other research. But you know, under two and a half goals has, has landed in the last five um, head-to-head Premier League games between these two, um, and also Everton. They've conceded first in four of their last five matches. And as you've already alluded to with Richarlison, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I mean, I think I thought, saw that they were facing late fitness tests and you know, their return would be more than welcomed. I mean, I think I said last week about how with Rondon, just the man has got the mobility of a pub. Like, I, I've can't, I just can't deal with him. Turning circle the Titanic, this man. And you saw it. That, that one chance he had against Manchester United, he looked like he was running in treacle. 
Like and his honestly, name even just, sounds slow, doesn't it? Rondon. It's just like it doesn't. It, does. doesn't it? <laughs> it, it just ah, oh, like it, yeah, he's he's not the man you want up top, and he should have scored that chance he got against United. But it took him about half an hour to get the ball under control. He's a Tesco Valley Romelu Lukaku, I swear. But um, no, Everton. They still won the last four home games. Uh, they scored at least two goals in three of those. But for me, there's just too many uncertainties in this one for me to be confident um, of a pick. So. Obviously, if you if you're able to find uh, an angle on this that you really like, then, then fair play to you because I couldn't find one. But so for me, this is I'm just going to avoid this one because obviously, again, yeah. like you said, you know, you do want to wait till the team news, then you'll get a firmer idea. But at the moment, there's just too many uncertainties. Yeah, it's a shame we didn't uh, record a day before because yesterday West Ham were at three point five, and I was just like, well, wow, that's uh, that's quite a big price considering evidence two best players could be out. But um, yeah, we. Uh, we can't do anything about that now. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you guys both out of both these teams. They're kind of at that level where, I mean, if you want to call it like a top seven in the Premier League, they're kind of those two teams that are just outside it. But I mean, you can make an argument that they're better than teams like Arsenal, Leicester, and Tottenham. But which one of these teams do you guys kind of see leaping into that, you know, top six, top seven kind of argument? Or do you think both of them are just going to kind of stay where they are? I'll start with you, George. It's, well, it's, it's really difficult to see at this this moment in time. I'm, I mean, I'm a big fan of, of David Moyes. When he got that United job, it, it was a poison chalice in the first place. I don't think it's fair to judge him on that performance up there. And I really like what he's doing at West Ham United. You know, it seems to be, remember when David Moyes was at Everton, just that team, they were just consistent. They were always there or thereabouts. And it looks like he's going to be doing a similar thing with West Ham. Um, obviously, Rafa doing a fantastic job at Everton. But for me, just the way that Moyes is working at West Ham United, you know, the foundations that they've got there uh, right from the ground up, I'd favour West Ham to kind of be the ones to break break into that with Everton very, very close behind. Yeah. And you, Tony? Yeah, I would go West Ham, but I would caveat with they're so reliant on Mikel Antonio, uh, just because stylistically. <laughs> And his hamstrings tend to pop at least once a season. And if that's at any length of time, they could be in a bit of trouble. Um, I, I think with Everton, Rafa's always going to get teams defending well. Um, they'll get lots of crosses in. And, and Calvert-Lewin, for me, is the best in the league in the air. Well, Ronaldo's here. You can argue either way between them two for me. Um, I don't know if he's got the individual players at the back to, keep the, to get the defensive records like he has done previously at other clubs. Um, so I, I could see Everton slipping away, but then maybe that's just a bias on Everton of, of every year I've ever seen Everton play football. Yeah. All right, fellas, we will see uh, how those teams progress throughout the season. We'll move on. Newcastle versus Tottenham. Uh, interesting game here on the back of the, the big news uh, surrounding Newcastle over the international break. Uh, so yeah, we'll interested to see how that affects the side. George, you've got to pick here, mate. Yeah, well, as you mentioned, for Newcastle, it's been been a whirlwind of a week, isn't it? Uh, seeing them become the richest club on the planet thanks to the the new investors. Obviously, Mike Ashley selling the club, um, and this is going to be the first game since that takeover, and obviously it's at St James's Park. And but the move has come under obviously a lot of scrutiny um, from Premier League owners, rival fans, and the majority of the home support. Do not care, and they've obviously welcomed the investment because it means uh, the Ashley days are gone. So you can expect that ground just to be shaking from the noise. There's going to be an incredible atmosphere there. It's just going to be one hell of an occasion for them. And and for me, I think this has got got goals written all over it. To be honest, um, I think obviously the players will be lifted, particularly that noise as well. But 
Newcastle, they were without a clean sheet in their last three matches against Spurs. Um, meanwhile, Spurs, you know, they were without a clean sheet in their last four. Um, sorry, Newcastle were without a clean sheet in their last four against uh, Spurs. And there's been at least three goals in 64% of Newcastle United home games uh, since the start of last season. And both teams' scores landed in 77% of those games. You know, when Newcastle are playing at home, more often than not, there's both teams find the back of the net. I think it's like 17 um, out of the 22 games they've played. Um, you look at Spurs, they've seen over two and a half goals land in, in six of their last seven away Premier League matches. And they've also conceded at least two goals in six of their last seven away uh, EPL games as well. I just think with everything riding on the game, you know, obviously Newcastle had an absolutely torrid start to the season. But that news midweek is going to provide them with such a huge lift because it's not just a case of, you know, they're meandering, they're doing OK, but nothing special. And all of a sudden it looks like they could be one of the world beaters. It was a fact they were owned by Mike Ashley. It was quite evident that they were, you know, they were sort of suffering being under his ownership, and they've been they've been tried to sell the club before, and it's finally happened. It's just going to be an unbelievable atmosphere um, at St James's Park, and I think they're expecting their team to put in a performance. But you can't deny Spurs have they've struggled, but they've still got the quality uh, in the players in the forwards that they've got. To trouble Newcastle, who've realistically they've been just shambolic at the back, you know, just because they've got new owners, that doesn't change the fact that they've still been a shambles defensively. Um, so for me, I think this has got everything you want, all the ingredients required for at least both teams to score. But I think there'll be a winner in this game. I mean, you look as well, Spurs have lost just one of their last 18 Premier League games against sides starting the day in the relegation zone. Although, oddly enough, that loss did come against Newcastle United. But yeah, for me, I think this is just. One of those games is going to be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be in. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Dog doesn't agree <laughs> with my my opinions. That's what it is. He's a Newcastle fan. Um, but no, I think for me, over two and a half goals, I saw it. I'm not sure if the price is still there, but it was at 1.83. Uh, and I really like that price for over two and a half goals. Like I said, goals always seem to rain at, at St. James's Park, um, particularly this atmosphere. I, I can see it being end to end. And both of these t- teams this season have shown how vulnerable they are defensively um, and how easily they can be got at. So for me, yeah, over two and a half goals is the pick. Yeah, you get that at Betfair, Mansion and Tenbit and probably on the exchanges too. So um, yeah, plenty of places to go there. Did you have any thoughts on that one, Tony? As I unmute you, hopefully the dog's still not barking. (laughs) Oh, now he's muted himself. (laughs) (laughs) All right, maybe we'll get Tony back soon, but we can move on. Uh, I was going to get your thoughts on Southampton Leeds, Tony, but we might as well skip ahead to George's other pick, uh, Aston Villa. Oh, he's he's back. He's back. All right, we'll go to you then, mate. Southampton versus Leeds, mate. You've got something here. Yeah, I just, I just think Leeds. uh, uh, I know they've not had the best start to the season, and maybe I'm thinking of what Leeds done last season, but I was surprised there. They're 3.05 on the exchange. I thought that was a bit long. Um, Southampton haven't exactly pulled up trees. They're half good at the back, but they haven't had any really wild results. Um, Leeds could potentially be without Rafinha. I mean, Brazil kick off in two hours, um, so it's not, a, it's not a quick turnaround. I mean, it's not a lot of time to turn around between their game. But I actually looked into some of the stats the other day, obviously, because of my... Uh, team news trading and their stats pretty much every stat is exactly the same with or without Rafinha so as excellent as he is and he's their best player by miles and he probably will get a move very soon to a much better club um he doesn't seem it doesn't 
make much difference him playing. Uh, Bamford's out, which is the the thing that makes me hesitant. But he, he, Bamford didn't have too much effect on the odds in the last couple of weeks when he's been out. So I'm not sure why the market's decided now that, that Bamford it makes a huge difference when in the last few weeks it, it didn't really care about Bamford. So I think Leeds at, at 3.05 are, are a decent price. Yeah. Nice, man. You any thoughts? And on obviously, that? I'm sorry. And Ward Prowse, Ward Prowse is out as well, which for me, I mean, for me, he's Southampton's best player by a mile. They've, they've teams built around him. His engine, he gets up and down. They're dangerous from every set piece with him on the pitch. And and him being out, um, and they've got one or two other minor injuries. Che Adams out. I think Jack Stevens is out. So, I mean, for me, if you, if you say Bamford and, and Ward Prowse are sort of similar impact to their team, then I, I can't see how the league price is what it is. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, I've got a small preview into this game myself. And yeah, my pick was uh, Leeds draw no bet uh, at 2.15 uh, when I caught on to it. And, you know, similar to obviously what you said there, you know, and you look as well, Southampton are without a clean sheet in their last three games against Leeds and um, their last three games overall. You know, Haas and Hootles, um, and they're yet to win a game this season. And they're going to be without, as you've said, James Ward Prowse, who is so key to the way they play. He really is. Most things go through him. Um, obviously, got that red card against Chelsea, um, and they're possibly without Shea Adams up top as well. Um, just kind of looking at the other, yeah, looking at the other facts as well. Against no team of Leeds, won more Premier League games than they have against Southampton, uh, fourteen, and they won home and away last season. Thirty-one of Leeds' thirty-five Premier League goals against Southampton have come in the second half, including each of the last thirteen in a row. But Leeds have faced more shots, um, one hundred and seventeen, and more shots on target, forty-three, than any other side in the Prem this season. But I completely agree with you there. I think that price on Leeds is far too big. And for me, at least draw no bet at 2.15. That was a good play. But I wouldn't be against uh, making a play purely on Leeds full-time result either. It's a great price. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm just looking through some of Southampton's results here. They've done, I mean, they picked up a few handy draws against the two Manchester sides. But other than that, when they've come up against... Um, they raise their game though. They raise their game yeah, when they're when playing they against teams up. that are near them. Yeah, and I mean, no win this season. Uh, yeah, maybe that draw no bet angle could be the way to go if you want a less risky approach of just over even. So, uh, yeah, I like that, fellas. Uh, your other one you wanted to look at today, George, was Aston Villa versus Wolverhampton. Yeah, look at this one. Um, I mean, Villa obviously impressively secured the back-to-back wins against Everton and Man United. But Tottenham put an end to their giant killing streak last time out, which means they head into this West Midlands derby just one point um, above Wolves. Uh, you know, you look at Dean Smith's side, they've won just one of their last seven home league games uh, against rivals Wolves. They've drawn four of those and lost two. Uh, in fact, both of them have scored 80% of their Premier League goals in the second half of games this season. But Wolves have conceded fewer goals after the interval than any other Premier League side. And there's been under two and a half goals scored in Wolves' last eight um, away games in the Premier League. And in fact, the last three meetings between these two have seen at least one team fail to score. But you look at both squads as well, and both of them are missing key players for Villa, obviously without Keenan Davis, Leon Bailey, Trezeguet and, and Sanson. They all remain out. Meanwhile, for Wolves, Trincao, he's caught COVID um, and he's been a bright spark for Wolves this season, so it'll be a huge miss. And the visitors, they're also going to be without Neto, Johnny and, and Ruben Neves is a doubt as well. So... Look at looking at the sort of the data and, and the stats. Both teams have found the net in just thirty-two percent of Wolves away games since the start of last season. That's just seven out of the twenty-two games. And all things considered, I'm expecting a low-scoring game here, um, and I'd have both teams to score no 
priced at around 1.91 um, and I managed to get it at 2.05. Um, and four of Wolves' last five victories over Villa have been to nil as well. And I just think it's going to be a very, very close contest. I don't see there being lots, you know, a plethora of goals in this one. So, yeah, both teams scored no at 2.05 was appealing. I did potentially like the look of half-time draw at 2.1, but I think for me, both teams to score no is the play I'm having here. Yeah, man, I'm just looking up the market to see. I think oh, there's uh, Parry Match. I mean, Parry Match and Bet Victor still at 205. Uh, yep. So, yeah, you can get that price and, and maybe on the exchange there too. So, um, yeah, still looks pretty widely available. And, uh, mate, I love the use of the word plethora. I mean, what a beautiful word. <laughs> what a beautiful word. I mean, that's that's uh, word of the day on the podcast. So, so we well go. done. I'm glad uh, <laughs> Uh, lastly, fellas, we're going to look at Norwich versus Brighton. I believe you've both got an opinion on this game. I think it's pretty similar, and I kind of held the same view yesterday too when I was looking over the markets. But you guys are the experts. I'll go to you first, Tony, mate. You've got uh, Brighton at about 2.18 as at, at their highest, and that's with markets. Um, the draws at about 3.4, and Norwich uh, you can get as high as 3.8. Eight in some places. Yeah, it's two point two on Smarket, so I'm looking at it now. Um, right. And for me, for and I mean, and and for me, again, doesn't make sense. Uh, Norwich, one point this season, been abject in pretty much every game. Their only point came against Burnley, who I think that was also their only point. Brighton are riding high. Um, I know, like you could easily say, Basuma's out, but he was out in the last game against Arsenal, and I think the game before that. And again, it didn't affect their performance. They didn't lose either of them games. Um, and then there's no—I don't think there's any new injuries. So Welbeck's still out. He's had surgery on his hamstring. Alzate, I think, is still out. But there's, there's nothing new. It's not like any of the key players, Trossard, Dunk, Duffy, have gone and, and got injured. Um, so. And again, I know I use the Arsenal-Tottenham comparison a lot, but that's what Brighton are priced like. And and there's no way that Arsenal and Tottenham would go to Carrow Road if they're in the form Brighton they're in and be 2.2. Um, mm. So for me, I think a straight bet on Brighton at 2.2 uh, is, I'm not going to say a no-brainer because you look like an idiot if you're wrong, but really strong <laughs> Brighton. <laughs> oh, I was, I was going to say... Um... Well, when Arsenal played Norwich, it was at the Emirates, but they were like 1.5 or something like that, weren't they? Mm. So Yeah, I mean, I, I know, again, it was at Burnley, but uh, two weeks ago, Burnley-Norwich, I think Burnley were around two, between 2.2 and 2.5. I know that's a big gap, but you're looking at a complete different quality in the levels of teams. It's Burnley with zero points and, and Brighton, who are flying high and, well, and drawn with Arsenal. Had no real bad results. It just, yeah, it's a really shocking price. It, obviously, I only mentioned it when I when I came on today, so I looked at the price and was just like, that just looks wrong. Mm. I, I guess the question is, I'll get your thoughts, George. But I mean, Basuma has been out for a couple of games now, and it hasn't affected them. Like, do we think that's just variance, or do we think that like they can actually cope without him? Are you talking to me here? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I did say Oh, that. sorry, mate. Yeah, so, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I think they've got players to be able to cope without him. I think they've got that depth that they don't necessarily rely on him as much. Obviously, a, a player of that calibre um, and what he brings to the side you know, is always going to be a huge miss. But I think they've shown in, in the games that um, he's not been available for. They've still been able to kind of replace him 
um, and are played to the level that they know they can. Graham Potter, you know, fluid style of football. So naturally, the same when any club misses one of their key players, he's going to be a miss. But if you've got the right system, you know, you can put someone else in there and it can still be efficient. So I think they'll be absolutely more than okay um, without him. But I, I can't disagree with anything that Tony has said, really. And I think Brighton has got to be the play. For me, I know I came on last time and obviously I thought Burnley would get the win and probably should have done. But I'm going to oppose Norwich at any opportunity. As we've already established they are the worst side in this division by far. And, you know, yes, they drew against Burnley last time out and they got their first point of the season. But Burnley are another side, still a bit better than Norwich, but they're also yet to claim victory this season. So, you know, it's a completely different game here, a complete worlds apart in terms of uh, in terms of quality. I mean, you look at that game that Brighton had against Arsenal and Brighton were exceptionally unlucky probably not to take all three points against them. Um, yeah. You know, so, you know, they were fantastic. They really were. I mean, did they raise their game because they wanted to be Arsenal? Who knows? Will they be able to put that same performance in against Norwich? We'll see. But the quality, the, the disparity in quality is there for all to see um, in this game. It really is. You look at Norwich, they're just so poor. They've conceded the first goal in five of their last six and have failed to score themselves in the last three. Um, you know, Brighton's games, they are quite often tight affairs. Um, that's evident by the fact that seven of their last eight games have seen fewer than three goals. But, you know, Brighton, they're also undefeated in any of their last five games overall. And not only do I think they don't get beaten here, I think they they, br- they breeze past this really poor Norwich side. Um, you know, Brighton, they've also scored first in four of their last five meetings uh, with Norwich and they're all unbeaten against them in their last three. I, I just think Brighton, uh, they're too high a price here. They really are. So the value would suggest get on Brighton. Yeah, you, you were both quite strong on on uh, Burnley to beat Norwich just before the break, but did that, did that Tony? Did that like performance from from uh, from Norwich change your opinion on them at all, or are you still very very low on them? No, I, I just thought Burnley were worse than I thought. To be honest, um, obviously Burnley had picked up nothing, but they'd had some quite hard games, and I just thought, oh, it's the normal Burnley that we all know and don't love, but they just had not had the chance to show it yet. And then in that game, they they were poor. Still probably could have and should have won, but they weren't as good as the, the Burnley I normally expect. The thing is, Norwich let you have the ball as well, and that plays into Brighton's hands. With Basuma out, they're playing Lalana Gross and uh, Trossard roaming about all over the place. Because Norwich just let you have the ball and go on then, see what you can do. And Burnley couldn't do anything, but I, I think Norwich, I mean, I think Brighton can and will. Yeah, they were very impressive against Arsenal a couple of weeks ago. Their pressing is. Um... It's it's very it's very good. So um, yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see how that one plays out, fellas. I love your dog too, Tony. Mate, he does not make a peep when you don't talk, but as soon as you start talking, he's he's right on it. It's exactly what it's like. He ignores me. He doesn't know I'm here most of the time. As soon as I press the record button, that's it. You don't shut up. <laughs> Attention seeking, mate. Uh, best bets yeah. for the weekend, fellas. I'll go to you first, George, mate. Out of everything we talked about today, Ooh. what is your favourite? My favourite, oh, it's, it's got to be between United scoring two plus goals. I'm going to go over two and a half goals uh, in Newcastle United, Tottenham Hotspur. But another one for you, I'm having a small play on this one. It's at uh, 30, 33 to 1. On a small play, obviously, with Gabriel Jesus unlikely to be playing for Man City. I'm Riyad Mahrez scored a hat trick against Burnley in this fixture last season, and he's probably going to play again. I've also, I'm also on him to score two, two or more, uh, 6.5, but uh, yeah, 34. 
hat trick when he did it last season, and he's loves he loves goals against Burnley. He scored more goals against Burnley than against any other Premier League side. Eight, uh, and seven of those eight have been in five games with Man City. Um, Burnley, they're not going to keep him quiet, and I think obviously he plays with Gabriel Jesus missing out. So uh, on. I think Myra's at least gets on the score sheet. So, yeah, Price if he scored two and even a hat trick, I think that's got to be worth a punt. But no, going back to what you said, my favourite bet of the weekend is Newcastle United against Tottenham Hotspur at St James's Park over two and a half goals at 1.83. Nice, mate. I just, just before I came on, I had a bet come up on trade, mate, that was uh, City minus three and a half goals, mate. So I'll be, I'll be, I'll be cheering home four for Riyadh, actually. Uh, <laughs> And Dilla obviously contribute to the clean sheet. Tony, mate, what about you? Uh, Brighton for me, I, I think I would probably, I mean, I backed them at 2.2, but I think I probably would have took them at evens or definitely at 2.1. So I think it's not just a slight overpricing. I think they're massively overpriced. Yeah. Yeah. No, good stuff, fellas. I've uh, I've enjoyed this one. This this could be the, the last ever uh, Premier League betting tips uh, podcast for at least for a for a while unless they get someone in to replace me. So it's been a it's been a pleasure going through these six games with you all. George is frozen on my screen. I hope it's frozen for everyone else because he's uh he's very excited on my uh on the on the freeze that I'm seeing right now. Are you still there, George? I'm still here, yeah. Are you sure yeah. I've just not stayed still? No uh... <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got a ghoulish face mate. It's not it's not a nice one. Uh, you look you look so happy right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen you this happy before. No more uh, ten o'clocks. No more ten o'clocks, mate. It's all over. Uh, so you can find these gents on Twitter at C George Gamble. You can also uh, follow his other page at George underscore C G G. Uh, for Tony, uh, he got his Patreon service for for team news for Premier League team news. Only Fools Lay Horses and uh, the the YouTube channel too. Only Fools Lay Horses too. So go and check great that out name, for both name. of these. <laughs> we'll check that check that out for both of these fellas. And uh, the quiz question, the moment we've all been waiting for, the answer that uh, apparently I'm the only one in the world that doesn't know this too is uh, which Portuguese island off the coast of Africa is Cristiano Ronaldo from? George is very confident, so uh, we'll let you go first, Tony. We're both going to sound like massive idiots if it's not Madeira. <laughs> uh, George, is that what you wanted to go with, mate? That was If I was going first, I was just going to shout Ibiza just because I thought it would be funny, but no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Madeira. Yes, well done, fellas. I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's probably the last ever quiz question. I've just... <laughs> all the effort went into that one <laughs> yeah look i got i got a bit lazy normally i try and find like a fun one about the game of the round or something like that but the games this round are not there's not real any massive exciting games so i just got hey? a bit lazy i mean a word what do you reckon manchester united leicester's the game of the round i mean it doesn't exactly want make you go crazy does it mate there's so many good games there's always good games on yeah, i can't actually yes. remember what games are on there <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, well, right, been... none jump, none jump out. But tell you what, Brentford, Chelsea, that'll be a cracker. Give that one a watch. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, all right, enough of the small talk. Before we get some more abuse, thanks everyone for listening. Please do a quick rate and review of the podcast and subscribe to us wherever you listen. Although there might not be any uh, Premier League previews coming up, uh, hopefully. 
every now and then jump on and do a podcast with someone. So I'm sure that will be a good listen, or at least hopefully. Uh, And if you're looking to implement some of the strategies we talk about weekly, more so the value betting ones, start a free week trial of TradeMate Sports. Thank you once again, gentlemen, for your contributions, and hopefully we'll be seeing you around soon.